The Daily Tap is live for Tuesday. The Packers have an answer at special teams, and it is Rich Bisaccia. We will talk about the impact that that will have, and will it be fixed? Can pit boss Rich solve the curse of the special teams? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about all the dumb quarterback things that are happening in the sport of the NFL. I cannot believe that we are already at silly season and we're not even past the Super Bowl. It's incredible we've got here. Lastly, we'll talk about the loaded Tuesday night of hoops, college bas- college basketball, and the NBA for the state of Wisconsin. We will rate the games of importance for all of us to watch. A little mini viewing guide. We do that a lot on the weekends. We'll do it here on Tuesday. Before we get started, I just wanted to shout out all of y'all. The support has been great. We've had some really awesome listens for the last few weeks. Maybe it's because you're like my friend Twigs, who's like, I like hearing you when you're a little bit depressed with the whole Aaron Rodgers and the Packers saga for the last few weeks. Maybe that's the case. Maybe it's something else. But I really appreciate all the support. It means we're getting the word out. It means we're having good topics. We're engaging. So I'm very pleased with it. And if this is your first time, listening you're on board for the first time welcome make sure you're subscribing make sure you're rating and reviewing no matter what channel you're on whether it's spotify whether it's apple whether it's any of the other platforms uh, make sure you're doing that um, and if you're an old time listener of the tapping the keg make sure you're also contributing to the rating and reviewing all right let's waste no more time let's talk about the packer special teams so Green Bay Packers have a special teams coach. It is Rich Bisaccia, the for- former Oakland Raiders interim head coach. Now, Bisaccia was not retained by the Raiders. Josh McDaniels is the new coach of Oakland, or Las Vegas, excuse me. And it sounds like Joe Judge actually is going to be the Vegas special teams coach. So Bisaccia was out of a job. He, it was rumored that he might come to the Chicago Bears. Uh, he had a personal relationship with Matt Eberflus, and they, I don't know, basically, I think the opportunity for the Packers sprung up and the idea of working for a guy like Matt LaFleur and probably a chance at winning the Super Bowl allured Rich to Green Bay versus Chicago. Or maybe he wanted a little more of a low-key life here in Green Bay or Appleton or Shano. I had a buddy of mine say he sounds like a Shano guy, although I think like Shano's a cult. But that's here nor there. I believe that Rich decided to choose the Packers because he saw the chance to fix things. Sometimes there are people in life who look at a situation like the Green Bay Packers special teams and just live for the opportunity to try to fix it, to try to make it better, to try to put back all the pieces and find out what they did wrong. Now, Bisaccia basically has a very low bar to clear as well. It's like somebody who got a 2.3 the first year of college or the first semester of college. If they get a fucking 3.0, people are doing backflips, right? So that's basically what Bisaccia can do. If Bisaccia is average, I think the collective Packer fans have wood. Like I, I think everybody is sporting wood. I saw enough dicks in the first two episodes of Euphoria to know what I'm talking about with wood. Great show, by the way, but just saw a lot of dicks first two episodes. Didn't, didn't need it. Just Let's just put it that way. Anyways, 
I think that the Green Bay Packers are going to be fixed on special teams. And I know what people are saying. Well, it comes down to the players. You you have to have the right players. That is true. The Packers do need to make sure that the guys that they are investing in, in terms of their fringe dudes, can play special teams and try to have more starters play special teams. I understand that Matt LaFleur saw A.J. Dillon get hurt on special teams against San Francisco. And part of the reason why maybe the Packers lost that game to the 49ers. Still, there is a balance, right? And I think that's what Basaccia and Matt LaFleur are going to work on. I think Basaccia is going to make sure that things are changed and things are done a little bit differently. And whatever issues that Mason Crosby and Corey Burwark has had this uh, this season, I think that needs to get figured out. I think Basaccia needs to look deep at what the Packers have done at kick returner and what they've done at punt returner. And I think that they need to value his voice. They need to treat him just like they used Joe Barry last season where Joe Barry explained what he wanted to do defensively and the Packers then got Joe Barry resources. Devondre Campbell is an example of that. Eric Stokes, the draft pick, another example of that. And I think that Pisaccia has the same sort of clout. Now, this isn't drafting somebody in the first or second round, but I would not be surprised if Green Bay drafts sort of an athlete-type player, a Debo Samuel-like guy, not putting him in the same category, but a guy who can kind of be a Swiss Army knife. I realize that they hope that to be the case with Amari Rodgers, but Amari Rodgers didn't progress. Why? I'm not really sure. I think Amari had probably one of the more disappointing years of anybody on the Packers roster. So could Rich Bisaccia fix what's wrong with Amari Rodgers and build up his confidence? I think that is also part of the to-do list. I mean, the to-do list is long, right? You're not going to maybe be able to fix everything. But I think what it's really important is getting the field goal kick team figured out, making sure there's no field goal blocks, that you're losing points that way, and that nothing's getting blocked when it comes to punts. And those are the two things that I think are the most important. I think kickoffs are the least important just because if you're able to send that ball out of the end zone, it doesn't really fucking matter. Kick returns, punt returns are important, but again, not, I think, as much of a priority as making sure that Green Bay just plays competent special teams, that they do not have this plaguing them. And Green Bay is trying to fill a hole with Rich Passaccia. They paid him money. They did not cheapen out like they did with Darren Rizzi a few years ago when they desperately needed special teams help. And then they did not give Rizzi the contract that he wanted. Rizzi turned around and coached the Saints and he did it pretty well at the special teams position. The Packers ponied up for the money and that tells me they're still all in. Like you might've saw me on tap on having the keg sports on instagram or tiktok talking about this but it really tells me that green bay is not done it tells me that green bay even though their roster might look different that there might be new guys or guys leaving green bay is going to try to push for yet another super bowl appearance and that green bay is not stopping green bay is not saying all right let's take take the foot off the gas and yeah, we'll fix our special teams, but we're not gonna pay. We're gonna be cheap about this and we're gonna try to find someone who's more of an up and comer versus an established coach. Someone made the comparison, I forget who it was, it might have been Andy Herman, it might have been Nagler, who said that this reminds them a lot of Jerry Gray. You know, they brought in Jerry Gray, defensive backs coach. Jerry didn't really necessarily have 
a working relationship with Matt LaFleur, but Jerry Gray was a well-regarded defensive backs coach, and having Jerry Gray on the sidelines seemed to make the team better. And if Bisaccia can have the same impact as Jerry Gray, the Green Bay Packers special teams are going to be night and day. And like we said at the start, it's a very low bar to clear, but I do think that Bisaccia is up for that task, and I do think that he can kind of turn around what's been wrong with the Green Bay special teams. And will it necessarily win the Packers a game? I don't know, right? But will it make sure the Packers don't lose a game like they did against San Francisco? Yes. I think that is the overall goal, to never let that fucking happen again. No matter if Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback, no matter if Jordan loves your quarterback or somebody else that we haven't discussed, to make sure that special teams does not play that much of an impact in a result, in a win or a loss. Green Bay should have learned their lesson against Chicago. I have the podcast to prove it. It was after that game. I know I've said it before, but like I knew that they this could be an issue. And I think we all did. But that was the game where I was like, all right, you need to start making some real changes. And they didn't. And it came back to bite them in the ass. And now Green Bay is trying to heal up that ass wound by hiring a guy like Pit Boss Rich to run this special teams. And I think he's gonna do a really good job. And I think having more veteran presence from a coaching perspective is a good thing, especially when you do have some young guys who are moving up in the ranks. And I'm very excited already for this Packers season. Whether Rogers a quarterback, loves the quarterback, I don't really care. I just, I appreciate that Green Bay wants to fix things and that it's not necessarily, okay, we're gonna just try another internal hire. We're gonna try something different. It The internal hire didn't work, so now we are pivoting to something else. And that pivot could lead the Packers to having a competent special teams for really the first time since Desmond Howard was taking back kicks in the late 90s. Moving on to dumb quarterback rumors. So. I want to do this thing about the NFC quarterbacks. I'm still going to do it. I might just save it till after Super Bowl at this point. And I could not believe how many dumb fucking quarterback things there were. I shouldn't even call them all rumors. Some of them were rumors. Some of them were just note notes that I want to talk about. Like, it's just such a silly season, man. Like, the NBA was always the drama-filled league. It was always the one where you're like, okay, this is basically the real housewives, but for sports fans. And now I feel like the NBA, NFL excuse me, is just like it. it. It's ridiculous. Every day it's something new. And it's like, you guys remember we have a football game on Sunday. Like We have Rams-Bengals. I think people are kind of checked out from football. I know I kind of said this yesterday. But I feel even more that way with all the different news stories where everybody is already on to the offseason. And we're gossiping around and sending rumors left and right. And no, no one's necessarily doing any sort of fact-checking. It's just, what can I put out on the internet that's going to get me a bunch of retweets and likes? Like, normal shit, right? So I have to take all of these on. And I have to give them, I wouldn't say a star rating, right? I don't necessarily want to do a star rating for these. But basically, the idiocracy of them all about how stupid they can be. I have to take on all of these rumors, takes different things that are going on in the quarterbacking world and just talk them out and do my part and make sure that we are just keeping everybody a level head. I like to think that this podcast goes second level 
where we make sure that you are filled with enough knowledge to tell your friends in group chats and in other things like, hey, fuck off, like this isn't true or what you shouldn't be worried about or not worried about, yada, yada. I think that this is stuff to stay the course. So I'm helping you out with all of this ammunition. Number one, we have Justin Fields being the top jersey seller in the state of Wisconsin for the 11 lid stores that are in the state. First of all, shout out to Lids. I can't believe Lids made it through COVID. That's incredible. I remember when I used to buy shitty hats at Lids when I was in seventh grade. I cannot believe there are still 11 stores in the state of Wisconsin. Lids should consider themselves lucky that they still have stores in our year 2022. Justin Fields out-earned the Packers. Whoop-de-fucking-do. Of course he did, okay? This is not actually anything that doesn't make sense. I know Bears fans got all excited about it. Bears fans were, like, jerking off to this all day. Like, oh, we out-earned the Packer in Wisconsin. Like, what the fuck is that about? Like, really? That's the stuff that you're getting excited for? That's it? Like, how pathetic are Chicago sports fans? Like, Chicago sports fans, the fall of the Chicago sports fan is so embarrassing. We have a blue-collar city like Chicago. We have the, you know, super fans, the Da Bears, all those guys. Like, they are an epitome of just hard work and grit and fullbacks and H-backs and rub your nose in the dirt and Bears defense and all that shit. The last month... They've bitched about a Grayson Allen call till kingdom come, and it was just a hard follow. And then in the 90s, they would not have even called a fucking flagrant if it was Steve Kerr that did that. And now they're celebrating that Justin Fields sold more jerseys in the state of Wisconsin at one fucking hat store. What are we doing here? Cool that Justin Fields sold a bunch of jerseys. I mean, it makes sense, right? Bears fans are neat they, he's like their new god they love justin fields of course we have bears fans in the state of wisconsin the, whatever that makes the rivalry great like just like we have a bunch of vikings fans too and if the vikings had a premier quarterback like let's say the vikings this offseason trade for deshaun watson uh, deshaun watson could be the highest earning jersey in, in the lid stores because they're vikings fans in wisconsin like it's not that hard to figure out why Justin Fields was the top jersey here in the state. It just it makes too much sense, right? Everybody has a Rodgers jersey. It's not like the Packers are changing their fucking jerseys every year. The Packers aren't Oregon. They're not coming up with new alternates left and right where it's like, oh, I need to buy this Rodgers jersey. I need to buy that Rodgers jersey. I think if A.J. Dillon would have had like maybe a little bit more of an explosion or he was just the guy, maybe you would have saw A.J. Dillon as the top earner, but who knows, right? I don't know, man. Justin Fields is like, is the guy for Chicago, and he needs to work. And if he doesn't, it's going to be yet another colossal Bears failure, and fans will be looking for their next jersey. Okay, number two. We have Kyler Murray deleting all of his Instagram. So Kyler Murray decided to delete all of his Instagram. He removed the Cardinals from everything. Kyler Murray has not been a great body language guy. If one guy in the NFL could be James Harden, it'd probably be Kyler Murray because everything has been handed to Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray plays for the Cardinals. Kyler Murray got Cliff Kingsbury, who he hand-selected. Kyler Murray has been given the red carpet. He has walked on water, basically, since coming to Arizona. 
Now, some people might be pushing the panic button, but some people might not be. I think my friend Murph had a great point about how these guys just kind of want to break away. These guys kind of want to have like a moment of clarity and the guy do not necessarily want to have like all of the reminders of the season. I think this is just a cleanse. We saw Giannis do stuff. Remember people went crazy when Giannis did shit like this and people were like, oh my God, Giannis is going to leave the box. Like there was so much freak out. I think I wrote blogs about it. Like people lost their minds. And I think you have to remind yourself that social media is not real life. Kyler Murray just started fresh. He's off to a new start. He's looking forward. I'm sure what is in Kyler's head, as long as he's not mad at the Cardinals, is we have the home stadium for the Super Bowl. We can host the Super Bowl just like the Rams, just like the Buccaneers. Next year needs to be our year. And so I'm starting fresh. I have a new attitude. We all do this shit, right? Like we all sometimes just need to purge everything in our life to kind of get back to homeostasis. I think that's what Kyler Murray's doing. Now, conveniently, the two pictures he had from the Pro Bowl are with Packers coaches. Um, do not want to make too much into that. I, the, If we were to talk a hypothetical Kyler Murray for Aaron Rodgers trade, I'd entertain it. I'd have a conversation about it. I... I, I really think Kyler Murray would be on my low-end list of guys I would trade for, for Rodgers. Like, if we we're saying realistic Rodgers trades, I would probably prefer, like, Russell Wilson over Kyler Murray. I just have a lot of questions about Kyler Murray's mentals. I just don't know if he's a leader. I think because he comes from a baseball background, which is a very individual sport, and I, I really don't think you need team chemistry to win in baseball. Like there's been stories about how Yankees teams fucking hated each other. I think in football, you do need that guy that's gonna rally. And maybe as Murray gets older, he's gonna realize that. But I just don't see Kyler Murray as a natural born leader. So that would give me a little bit of trepidation still. I think he's a better quarterback than Jordan Love. I'm not arguing that at all. So if they were to do like a Rodgers for Murray slip, I th I would think that Green Bay would need to work on a lot of those things with Kyler Murray. And it would have to be something where Matt LaFleur looks at it and says, I can take his game to the next level. Because I'm willing to bet that Cliff Kingsbury is not necessarily as good of a coach as Matt LaFleur. And also too, the last worry about Murray in this hypothetical world is that you would have a guy who probably doesn't want to be in Green Bay. Kyler Murray does not strike me as a Green Bay quarterback. Does not strike me as a guy who would want to live there, but you never know. Different strokes for different folks, as they like to say. All right, more ridiculous stuff from quarterbacks. We have, and I got to shorten this up because I've been talking too long. We have Aaron Rodgers in Ohio. Uh, everybody was like, oh, Aaron Rodgers Browns. He's in Ohio. He's hanging out at a girl's basketball game and it's like if you did an ounce of research i saw this was ohio tate who's like a blogger for barstool he's a big browns fan it's like if you do just a little bit of research if you just scroll down where the quote tweet was there's a woman explaining that the reason why rogers was at this game was because aj hawk's daughter's playing aj hawk's the coach aaron Rodgers obviously spending some time with aj hawk who's one of his closest friends AJ Hawk today came out and said, I don't see Aaron Rodgers retiring. Of course not, AJ. He's not going to retire the same year as Brady. Keep up, dude. Like Aaron Rodgers is still wanting to play football. And so Aaron Rodgers being in Ohio is really not any signal that he's going to be a Brown. He just, 
He has a friend in A.J. Hawk. He also has a friend in Alex Van Pelt, who I don't know if he's still coaching the Browns. But, yeah, I mean, he's friends with Van Pelt. That's the only connection with the Browns. Uh, Other than that, you don't really have one. And I don't think this is an immediate bat signal that Rodgers is going to the Browns. He's just supporting a friend and watching probably a girl that he knows. Like, I'm sure he's grown up with A.J. Hawk's daughter. Rodgers has been a big like he's been a big friend of AJ Hawks forever like it's not like he just randomly met met his daughter just recently like they're buds so of course it makes sense it's buddies supporting buddies you know just normal normal guy shit the last one oh I have actually one more before the last one we also have the Aaron Rodgers Shailene Woodley rumors now if you follow Dumois so you're like Charlie what's Dumois I don't personally follow Dumois my wife does. She is like the Dumois is like the biggest gossiper right now on Instagram. She just basically spills the tea all day long. And I think back in right around Christmas, she had said that Rogers and Woodley had broken up and that they were just keeping it quiet. Now, if that's the truth, okay, we'll we'll move on. Woodley was not in Ohio with Aaron Rodgers uh, hanging out with AJ Hawk, so who knows. And we'll just sort of see what happens. Lastly, so that's maybe the least ridiculous out of all of these. Last one's Nick Mullins being the Packers quarterback. Did Nick Mullins' agent put some guy up to writing that? I couldn't find the source. I just saw uh, Zach Jacobson quote tweet it. Or no, he tweeted it out. Uh, but he didn't put the link to where the article was from. Probably for good reason. Nick Mullins, like, What? Like, is it the Brett Favre angle because he went to Southern Miss? Like, is it like, okay, we're going to make Nick Mullins into the next Brett Favre? And how much pressure would that be for Nick Mullins? Not that I I really ever want to enter a land where Nick Mullins is our starting quarterback. Nick Mullins, I think, has proven himself to be kind of a spot starter backup in this league. Like, he's had some moments, but at the end of the day, he's Nick Mullins, right? It, after game three, it kind of turned into a pumpkin. The first two look good. Then it all goes to shit. And if you're like, okay, besides all of that part of it, now you add in the fact that Nick Mullins is was a Southern Miss player, like the Favre parallels would be off the fucking charts and he would have so much pressure here in Green Bay. So get out of my face with that. So these are all ridiculous. None of these really feel true. The Woodley-Rogers split, I, that to me is the only one that I think is worth like putting a pin in. All the other shit is bullshit. Hopefully we don't have to keep you know knocking down rumors like this, but you never know. Uh, the, the world of sports just never seems to sleep. Lastly, on to college basketball, we have a great day of college hoops for the state of Wisconsin. At 5.30, we have Marquette, UConn, in, at UConn. So another road road game for Marquette. They're third and four night. I think they're, yeah, they're third in their last four. No, 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 excuse me. They'll see the all. No, yeah, you're right, three or four. And then the Badgers head to Michigan State. That's at 6 o'clock. That's on ESPN. And then you have the Bucks and Lakers on TNT at 9 o'clock. So a loaded day of sports one to tell the wife or the significant other like i am going to be watching basketball pretty much from the end of my work day till when i go to bed because that's what we're looking at right here 
If I had to rank which games am I most excited for, I would probably say Bucks Lakers, weirdly, over Marquette UConn, and I'll explain why. We all know my Wisconsin. I still, if I was like a quote unquote Wisconsin fan, I don't know how much I'm looking forward to Michigan State. Uh, right now, I, I feel like Wisconsin's not playing well, but we'll get there in a second. Uh, the reason I'm looking forward to Bucks and Lakers is because I'm fascinated if the Bucks are going to keep this up. So, Bucks absolutely shit pumped the Blazers and Clippers. We talked a little bit about their hot streak here yet on yesterday's Daily Tap. I'm really curious to see if it continues. I realize they've been basically partying their faces off in LA the last two games. The Bucks are going to be very tight probably early on, but we'll see. Maybe the Bucks come out with a fury. Maybe the Bucks just continue to look like a wagon and send a warning shot to the league. They're on TNT the next two two games. And if the Bucks kind of can come out and make a statement here, I think everybody realizes who's still the alpha dog in the East. And the Bucks are one game out of that one seed. They are sniffing that one seed right now as they took over the two from Cleveland and Chicago after Chicago fell to Phoenix. Chicago, by the way, lost to another good team. They are absolutely frauds. The Bulls are a fraud team. I, I'm sorry, Chicago. I know I've shared on you already today, but you're a fraud team. You'll be lucky to get into the second round. So you have that. And, and then the first Giannis versus LeBron is always good. We didn't get Giannis versus LeBron the last time. Anthony Davis is playing really well of late. So that'll be interesting to see if Anthony Davis can compete with Giannis. We've seen in the past Giannis has taken him to school. Uh, so Giannis will try to do something similar. Uh, Drew Holiday also has a great matchup. Against Russell Westbrook, the, the Bucks have a very solid matchup against this team. It's just going to be a matter if their focus is there or if the Lakers are going to use that overtime game against the Knicks as motivation for them in this one. So we'll see. But yes, I would stay up late for this. It's definitely worth watching. And hopefully uh, the Bucks can get you a resolution early so you can then hit the hay. Number two would be Marquette UConn. The reason why I didn't have Marquette UConn one is because I feel like Marquette's going to lose this game. UConn has size everywhere. They are a bad, bad matchup for Marquette. And their top player, who did not play in game number one against Marquette, will be in action, which is very scary. Adam, Adama Sango, I probably butchered his name, but Sango is an absolute monster inside. And Marquette has really struggled against those meaty big guys. And I do not feel good about this one. I just don't. I realize that Villanova ran UConn off the floor, and UConn does not have great three-point defense, but the Marquette's going to need to have shots to fall. And if Marquette has shots fallen, they might have a real shot here, but they have to be good on that offensive glass. I realize they were really good against Villanova. They need to have a repeated effort with Sangu. He can dominate them. They have they just have size everywhere. Like Marquette isn't that undersized. I think I kind of have that as a misconception. But look at UConn size. You have Sango at 6'9. You have Tyrese Martin at 6'6. Jordan Hawkins, 6'5. Andre Jackson, 6'6. Tyler Poley, 6'9. Isaiah Whaley, 6'9. They are just coming at you with stretch fours all game long. It's gonna be a really tough one for Justin Lewis. They're gonna have to free him up on some opportunities. 
I am not expecting much for this game. If Marquette wins, I am through the fucking roof. And again, I start to look at it and say, I don't know if there's anyone that can fuck with us as like as it goes. But this seems like a bad matchup for Marquette. So I proceed with caution. I don't know if I'd recommend taking the plus seven. I certainly would not recommend taking the money line. But if you've been riding Marquette for the last month, they have made you a ton of money. Lastly, on the Badgers and Michigan State, this is a rematch from their their showdown a few weeks ago. I would not feel good about this if I was a Wisconsin fan. Wisconsin kind of comes in limping. Like you look at their last three games, they let Minnesota hang around. Minnesota is not not a very good team. Then the next time, next game, they get blown out by Illinois. Then against Penn State, they have to basically survive tooth and nail, and now. They have to face a Michigan State team who is playing pretty decent. Well, Michigan State got blown out by Rutgers. I mean, Rutgers is a bad matchup for Michigan State with how bad they are turning the ball over. So they've had a little bit of an uneven sort of stretch here. They also lost to Illinois. So it's not like Michigan State is quote-unquote rolling I think the issue lies for Michigan State is their turnovers. And Michigan State doesn't, Wisconsin doesn't really force turnovers. Michigan State is an awful turnover team. They average 20.6 in the Big Ten, worst in Ken Palm. And Wisconsin's defense does not force many. And the other problem for Wisconsin is A, they allow too much when it comes to three point defense. Michigan State, best three point shoot team in the Big East, or Big Big Ten, excuse me. And then they also are trouble in the paint. They don't have the size to match with what Michigan State's bringing to the table. Uh, and that is also an issue for this team. Uh, so and Johnny Davis has been cold. That's that's the other part. Like they have no answer for Marcus Bingham, but Johnny Davis has been ice cold. It's hard to find your rhythm on the road in a really tough environment. So I don't feel good about that for my Badger fan friends. But who knows? Could be wrong. I've definitely been wrong before against the Badgers, and not necessarily seen it the the most clear. And for those who are new to the program and are like, why aren't you? you know, talk more about the Badgers or you say you're not a Badger fan. I'm a Marquette fan. Um, I used to do both. Um, I just don't have the time to watch everything. So I'm not going to give you guys some Fugazi Badger takes when I might not have watched a ton of the game. I might have had a half on. I might have flipped it between commercials. But there was no way I could do all of that with just how my life has developed. But if anyone ever wanted to do a Badger podcast and they – thought they were good at it, sent me a sample, I would be very open to sponsoring and helping get that set up. But that's another story for another time. All right, we'll see how Tuesday Night Hoops nets out for the state. Uh, If you want to be risky, throw yourself together a little parlay action. I recommend just taking points for Michigan or for Wisconsin and Marquette, but I don't really feel good about either. Maybe you bet the other side. I'm not that type of guy. And then we'll see about the hangover bucks. We'll see if they're able to rise from the occasion and put a beat down on the Lakers, which I know they like to do, even though the Lakers are not a contender. So we'll talk about that. We will, I'm sure, discuss other other things. Maybe I'll dive into my quarterback's research that I need to do. Um, we'll see. We'll see. And Mitch, I think Mitch's coming on uh, Wednesday. Uh, so we'll do tapping the keg for Thursday. And if Mitch wants, um, I might have him on to do a deadline thing. Basically, 
for two things. Number one, if Harden gets traded for Ben Simmons. And number two, if the Bucks make a major move. If the Bucks make a major move, then Mitch and I will get on. And I, if it's Simmons, Simmons for Harden, I think is big enough because it completely changes the Eastern Conference. And so I think we have to discuss that, you know, in the moment versus wait a week. So that's my plan. I don't know if Mitch is going to be down with that plan. We'll have to see. But that's what, what I'm thinking about. All right, guys. Take care. Have a great Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow. Thank you.